All right, everybody, welcome to Unscripted One-on-One, -on -one. and today, uh, yet another special guest. Uh, you can see from his, if you're watching the video, you can see from the background behind him, uh, former, uh, I, again, I asked that last night, classmate? I don't know, do you call them classmates in college, or? Yeah, I think we were classmates. We were friends, that's for sure. We're friends, absolutely. So we'll, we'll go with that. Former friend, well, not former friend, still current friend. That's right. Um, but uh, classmate at uh, Mount Vernon Nazarene, uh, my good friend, Brad Coaches. So Brad, can you introduce yourself to the audience and, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. It's a pleasure to be with you, Aaron. Uh, I'm the Executive Director of Alumni Relations and University Advancement here at MVNU. And yeah, we were at school here at the same time. I think you're class of 93 and I'm class of, you're class of 92. I'm, I should know that in my role. And I'm class of 94. So we overlap just a bit. Uh, knew each other. For those of you that don't know Aaron as far back as I do, we only called him Hoops on campus because he dominated the intramural courts. I mean, the guy was always there. And a uh, huge Cleveland fan, all things Cleveland, he believes 216. Absolutely. And that since the day I met him. Uh, well, there's there's some parts that you embellished just a little bit, and that was the dominating. So I was always on the courts. We'll put we'll leave it at that. That part is true. I was always in the gym, uh, but uh, and I did win an intramural championship, as most people, if I have. There you have it. You got the T-shirt, man. Never take it away. Uh, <laughs> but no, I appreciate the kind words. Um, yeah, and I, I would say that in the afterlife of Mount Vernon, we've gotten to know each other much better, um, and. Uh, um, for me, uh, I had a cup of coffee in ministry, um, uh, went through a time in my life prior to that, just trying to figure out what in the world I wanted to do when I grew up. And, uh, you and I have had breakfast at, uh, your old haunt, Bob Evans, <laughs> uh, in town. Uh, we've had a lot of deep discussions. And, um, one of the things I appreciate most about Brad for this audience is he is chill as chill can be. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen you angry, mad. A heightened um, <laughs> everything's pretty much and, uh, and and I just always appreciate talking to you because you had a level you had a way of I can tend to see to be all over the place pretty much like I am right now and uh, you have a you have an ability to just kind of calm the calm the waters and um, so let's let's talk about um, and for that I you know you, you know I love you to death as a brother and a friend um, so let's talk about that how's it being back on campus let's go we'll start here and then we'll talk past first sure. or later sure anyway <laughs> all right sure. well first let me dispel the myth that i'm chill if uh that that is only the filter of grace by which you get to view that but yeah i i i, I think um one of the one of the big struggles of my life in my personal area of growth is learning what not to sweat and how to uh how to try to maintain balance through the spirit of God's work in my life. Cause in my natural self, I'm a hot mess. <laughs> well, you're not, you're definitely not a hot mess. Anytime I've been around you, you're very calming. Uh, you're kind of a lighthouse in the midst of a, a crazy storm for me, at least. Um, and, and I know a lot, of people, that. a lot of other people. So what's it like being back on campus? What, um, it's gonna be a loaded question, but uh, what's it like being back on campus? What led you back to campus? Um, so yeah, yeah, take it from there, man. Yeah, so uh, coming back was was interesting. I was a trustee uh, here at the university, and I saw some areas that I thought needed to be addressed. And while I was pastoring the church that I'd been pastoring for 16 years at the time, 
which Melissa and I were, we were the founding pastor. I was a founding pastor. We were the founding family, if you will. And, and the Lord made it really clear that I was being released. And I made a 15 year commitment to the Lord when we moved from Atlanta to Columbus to start the church that unless you really make it unmistakably clear, I'm not going to get itchy feet. I'm not looking to climb a ladder. It doesn't matter if the church ever gets over 150 or whatever. I'm going to give myself to this community and to this, to this calling to, to launch a church for people that uh, are unchurched or far from God. So we did that. And at the end of that season, which happened one almost a year ago, September 8th, I announced to the church that I, we were, I was retiring, resigning. So it coming back, I came back because I, I love the place and you know, it, it shaped me. This particular place uh, introduced me to things. I, I learned that I was dyslexic as a student here. You know, I got all through high school and didn't even know I had dyslexia. So um, this particular place has specific meaning in my heart as a trustee and, and part of my strength mix is I'm a strategist. And I also am an ideator. And so I put together kind of a job description that I said, I think we need somebody that can help us in these particular areas. And not having any idea that really, um, as I was ideating about that, that I would be the person that would come to it. Yeah. And so we've been here for a year. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how the journey got us here. And what's it like to be back? It's, it's good and it's weird. Right. I made it. I made a pivot and a transition that during a pandemic that we didn't know was about to unfold. And uh, in higher ed, I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I've got a lot of entrepreneurial uh, genes flowing through me. And higher ed is not an easy place um, for an entrepreneur in full disclosure, but it's a necessary place for our culture. Sure. Yeah. And, and that you have. Uh... You've always been that uh, very visionary, and again, I, and Brad, I, I mean this. I, um, you've always had that visionary concept, and yet for me, like I, I have an idea and I want to run a thousand miles an hour and go do it. I don't. I'll figure it out later. <laughs> I just want to get right. there, and and that's like like you know, it's almost like saying I want to go to um, to Nashville, and I'm I'm already in the car. I'm halfway down 270 right. on my way to Nashville before it's like, did you pack? Did you take, did you, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's, thank God for, for our spouses, because that's, right. there's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We gotta, we gotta have this and we gotta have that. And what about this? And what about the dog? And right, right. The kids and all that? I'm already to Nashville. Um, right. So, um, but what I appreciate is again, that, that pace that you have. And I don't know, I can't, I can't describe it, but that pace, you can hear it. Anybody that listens to this is going to hear it in your voice. There's a calming, methodical okay you don't just have a visionary or, or you don't have to have a vision or you're not just a visionary you're also smart about the vision you're not halfway to nashville you're like all right i want to go to nashville here's what we're going to need you know what i mean and that's there there's something special about that and so i think being in that role that you're in and i know the previous role which we'll talk about in a minute uh that's what makes that's the way god made you and when when you know someone um that you can see is right doing what, what God made him to do, that's pretty special. And I see that in you. I saw it in it before, I see it in you now. So it's, it's a, and, and also we can't, we can't fail to mention your lovely bride and you have two children. Uh, right. But uh, just a great family all the way around. Well, thank you, Aaron. I, I'll tell you this, that 
Um, and like, like Heather, Melissa for me is an anchor and I'm a sale. Right. So, so I value risk. I value uh, taking the next hill. By the time I have a thought, I already have a plan. Right. Very similar in a lot of a lot of ways to you. But what I've learned is I've learned the value of of pace with place. And Melissa, uh, if you ever meet my wife, you'll know that I married way out of my stratosphere. She's she's far better than I deserve. She's amazing. And and uh, she has helped be that anchor. So it creates a unique tension, right? Yeah. And the tension is with without the sale, she would kind of just stay in one place and and would not experience the journey that maybe God has destined and purposed her for. But without the anchor, man, I would just be, I'd be flying everywhere and accomplishing <laughs> little, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so it really has been a team approach in every major category of my life uh, of adulthood. Melissa has been, um, by the by the grace of God, the stabilizing force, the buoy in that. Um, because I left to my own my own way, I I would get ahead of things a little too quick. Well, you just did exactly what I, you just you, <laughs> you just did exactly what. Uh, I'm talking about like I was all over the place and rambling and probably didn't make a lot of sense and you just put it into a perfect analogy it is it is that man it's a buoy and a sail and <laughs> you're really really good at that <laughs> maybe you should run this podcast because I'm <laughs> no I don't think so it'll be pretty quick for people to realize I'm I'm kind of all over the place but man that was beautiful that was exactly what I meant like you need that tension as you said you need both uh, because that's how as as and now we're talking marriage but or even in a, in a dating relationship, you can't, you know, you got to have both. You got to have, you got to be able to pull. But at the same time as a sail, I have to understand when the anchor or the buoy is not ready to move. And and that's, and I'm not, I'm not saying I do. I'm saying that right. we have to. And and um, that's marriage. That's uh, that's relationships. Uh, really, not even just marriage. That's any relationship. It's our that's work right. relationships. Man, that's rich, dude. I, you're the best. <laughs> so, no, I'm not. I just I paid stupid tax in a lot of good places. <laughs> yeah, but. yeah. So with that, um, let me take let's let's take one step back even further now. To you said you were in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I know clearly. I know you were in Hilliard. Um, take us through your 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 path. So you graduate from Mount Vernon. You know, for those listening that, that may be in that early stage of ministry or in ministry right now or are thinking about going to ministry or are out of ministry, what was that what was that path like for you? Because and let me preface it by saying your 15 years wasn't just a rest stop in Hilliard. Um, you left a mark in this town. I can tell you my in-laws go there. Um, my literally my a lot of people I know go to that church and you left it you left a, an imprint in this town and left a great church you did when I say left I mean you moved to the next phase but you left a church healthy uh, you didn't just leave a church to you know whatever so sorry take us back oh no, it's good that that certainly was our hope and and uh, by God's grace we were able to do that um, yeah so I'll walk you through it so Melissa and I got married in 93 and when we left Mount Vernon, we moved to uh, Southern Ohio, Ashland, Kentucky, Ironton, Ohio, that tri-state with Huntington, Ashland, that area, and uh, went into to youth ministry right on the Ohio River. And you know, it was it was unique. And man, we have, we have lifelong friendships from our our five years, six years there that we were in ministry, and. 
began feeling like maybe there was a, a change coming and and it's it, when you use the word like you feel released a lot of people feel anxious a lot of people feel frustrated a lot of people make pivots because of for, for various reasons yeah. for me it, it's it's silly but it's simple and I'm a simpleton I just felt like God said your time is coming to a closure so we were looking at other opportunities and interviewed a lot of places and had some a, a lot of job offers in ministry to, to do different things and the pastor we were serving at uh, in Ironton with was taking a church in Atlanta and I had no more desire to move to Atlanta than I had to uh, you know go bald prematurely Amen. And, yeah and I'll never forget we were sitting in church and Melissa and I, I pr we pray prayers that are sometimes very specific and and I know people have different theories look pray in a way that you hear from God. That's what I'll tell you. Yeah. I don't care how you do it, but pray in a way that when the voice of God speaks, the heart, the, the ear of your heart is inclined to hear it. So we would pray specific prayers because I'm slow and dense. And, and we prayed going into a service, a Sunday night church service, God, we need to hear from you and we need you to make it clear that we're to go or we're, or we're not to go. And there was a guy that uh, Bob Gray was singing a song. He was from out of town. He was a song evangelist. Those were big in that day. Yeah, we're, we're dialing it way back to the, to the mid nineties. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, and he, he said, if you're not called to stay in the middle of a song, right? He's all full of emotion. If you're not called to stay, you're called to go. Right. And talking about the great commission, this <laughs> is up in the choir loft and she looks at me and it's just like, bam, we knew, yeah, we knew that we knew. Yeah. We're going to be moving our zip code and our 18 month old with us mm. to Atlanta. And you should know, I grew up in a little farming community. We didn't have a traffic light where I'm from. So at that time, the thought of moving to Atlanta, I'll never forget the first time that I drove to the top of the city coming in through Marietta, man, it's like the whole world opens up and it's just lanes of traffic. And yeah. if, if you really want to train for NASCAR, you go to 285 and you just drive the outer belt. <laughs> and so this little farm boy and, and his wife were moving down and we went to Atlanta and we were there for for just shy of five years and I was a youth pastor there and again love the people but it, it became clear to me um, first if anybody from our church in Atlanta hears this know this this is out of a heart of love and it's not out of a heart of judgment sure I loved I love Jesus, but I did not love the structure of church. I was growing so discontent um, because there were so many lost people that were going to face eternity without hope in Christ. And yet we were arguing over things that were not essential, but were in the way. Yeah. And, and so I knew, and there comes a point where you know that the, the amount of effort to create the kind of change, if possible, is going to be is going to be a lot, or you're going to expend that effort and you don't have the credibility to see the change made. Yeah. Well, then you have a decision to make. Mm -hmm. So we started praying, and I really just wanted to go into business. You know, I'm like God, just let me go into business. I'll be a great layman. Don't you love it when you negotiate that way? <laughs> and, and God, I, I just think He's just and He laughs. with me yeah, for sure. But yeah. 
All that to say, um, I was reading a book by John Ortberg. If you want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat. We were sitting on a lanai in Florida. And Aaron, as clear as we're having this conversation, in my spirit, I heard God saying, quit complaining and start a church for people that, that are far from me. Yeah. And uh, that set a whole series of things into motion. Never did I think that would be Columbus. You know, Columbus was Nashville for us. You know, for musicians, you just got to get to Nashville or you got to get to L.A. For us, God put it in our heart to move to Columbus. We'd never lived here before. We'd driven through it. Uh, been, you know, went on a few dates in Columbus when we were, we were students, but that was it. That's what I knew of Columbus. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we went, ended up moving there and starting a church. Uh, and that's a whole nother series of crazy that only God gets to write. Yeah. Like when you follow after the heart of God and, and you're really seeking to walk in obedience, things will happen in your life that if you write them down truly to non-believers, they only sell as fiction. Yeah. Because there's it's either coincidence or it's, you know, God's divine hand. And so that's kind of a short synopsis. So we moved to Columbus and started a church there and we were ended up being given eight and a half acres of property and uh came with $300,000 in the bank. I was working at Starbucks at the time that all that transpired. So pretty cool what God was able to do there. Yeah. And you built a mighty church here. Uh, God built a mighty church through you, I should say, uh, if we say it, you know, the right way. Um, If I say it the right way, you you said the right way. (laughs) I messed it up. (laughs) But, um, you know, God built a mighty church here that's still very healthy. And, um, you know, like you said, a lot of things happen and, and, but your, your obedience, um, to, to answer that call, sometimes we got to do the hard and, and you did that by leaving Ironton, mm-hmm. by leaving Atlanta. And sometimes you, you have to do that. But, um, you know, when you see the fruits of following what you were told to do, um, and then again, to Mount Vernon, um, the fruit still continues to multiply here. Um, and that you left a healthy church. Um, and that's one thing that, uh, and you know, I've been through my journey of different churches and, 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 you know, friends with a lot of pastors, which is odd, but, uh, <laughs> which is fantastic too. But, uh, one thing that I always concerned about when it comes to any church is, do you love the pastor or do you love the church? Because the pastor is going to go or the pastor is going to fail or the pastor is going to do what pastors sometimes do. Do you love the church? Or do you love God and his church or do you love the pastor? Cause a lot of people are like, Oh man, pastor so-and-so he's the best. He's the best. Oh, he's the... Well, let, let me caution anybody that says that I'm okay with it. It's cool because he's a, he's a much like yourself. You were, you were um, the mouthpiece, you know, for what God delivered on your heart to deliver to his people. But at the end of the day, the church is his people. And it, it is, it is not even a building. It's, it's God and not some mm-hmm. your head. And so many times we've seen um, people fall in love with a pastor and then the pastor leaves and the church falls apart. Mm-hmm. And that, that's dangerous. And I think you built a mighty church or again, God built a mighty church through you and uh, it's doing well today as, as best I know and best I understand mm-hmm. um, because the people that were there understood your, your, it's not your church. It's, it's his church. And you, you were just the guy that got to get up and, uh, really grow it, and, there, uh, and and I'm I'm really glossing now, but because um, there's decisions that have to be made, there's boards and, and groups, and right. 
you know, and we all know that. I think I'm sure everyone understands what I'm trying to say, and I'm not as quite as eloquent as you are at it. No, I think it. I think you're right, though, Aaron. It's it's uh, in this. There's a lot of steps in the process, and you know, when you start in your living room with a handful of people, and it, you know, at the at one point, I, you know, we were running like 700, six, 700 people somewhere in there. I didn't pay all that close attention to those numbers. Um, maybe I should have. The truth is, it's easy though. Here's the struggle. It's easy for people to value a pastor more than they value the body. And right. one of the really difficult things is for pastors as a church is growing, um, it'll feed your ego in bad ways if you let it. And it can become a major part of a blind spot in your character. And for me, I, I was aware of that. I, I had friends and I do, I have, by God's grace, I've been mentored by some very great men who happen to be pastors. Yeah. Some that have pastored really small, but very significant churches. And some that have pastored some of the largest churches in our country. Yeah. And, and still do to this day. And, but what I found was this, Pastoring in America today, especially in growing larger churches, right? In a, in a large church is any church over over 500 people. That's an exceptionally large church in America. The average size of a church in America is like 78 people. Wow. So when you think about that, right? These, but but it's easy to be trapped in a in a mindset and you become a CEO and you become a CFO and you become all these things that really weren't part of your calling in the beginning. Yeah. You have to grow into them. And I'll be honest, I didn't grow into them willingly. I, I never wanted to be those guys. Yeah. I never wanted to be in a position. And, um, and yet I, I figured it out enough, but, but the truth is, I made an initial commitment, like I said, to, to be there for 15 years. And then God, it's up to you. I mean, it was up to him always, but it's up to you. If you want to move me, move me. But it became really clear that um, I, I went for a motorcycle ride on a Thursday. We were facing about a $250,000 decision that night because that we'd have our advisory team meeting that evening. I, I knew that if I really, it, that they would make a decision to, to, to move into the hilltop in a more significant footprint predicated on if I was staying with longevity or not. And, and I knew that board meeting could go a couple different ways. And yet I, I knew the conflict and the heaviness I was carrying in my spirit. So right after a staff meeting, a touch point meeting on Thursday, we'd have a meeting on Monday, an all staff meeting, a touch point for the weekend on Thursday. I jumped on my Harley and I rode up 315, followed the river, got lost up in Delaware County. And uh, man, I was praying and just praying. And and it, I don't recommend crying while you're riding a Harley. <laughs> That's what was happening. Then yeah. the spirit just led me to start praying for the next pastor. And I felt like a backpack literally was just taken off of me. And uh, I turn around, I head back, back home and I pull into my driveway at the house and Melissa was just leaving to go back to work. She worked for the city of Hilliard. And I said, babe, uh, I'm going to resign tonight. And she got out of the car and I'll never forget the incredible amount of love and grace that she had in that moment. 
And she said, I've been praying that God would make it unmistakably clear. Wow. Support you. And I know it's the right thing at this time if you've heard from God. So that night I resigned and on Sunday resigned to the church. I didn't have some big plan. I didn't have some big idea. I don't know why I'm telling you all that other than, man, my heart is for pastors. It is it is so easy for the what church has become to grind away at the soul of the leader. And man, my heart is for pastors, especially in this pandemic, how difficult it must be to lead well in such uncharted, unwelcomed, chaotic times. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit of the story. Well, you know, Brad, it's nothing, nothing's coincidence. Um, you are, I think, the first pastor I've had on in a series of people that are scheduled. Um, and I can tell you that. And and I'm telling you, sure as I'm sitting here, and you know this, you can, we both don't, uh, there's no script. I didn't send you a thing and say, hey, let's talk about these things. Or I'm telling you, I think you just teed up a great conversation for, for I have one, another one tonight that I'm going to do. Um, you know, I've got others scheduled. Um, that tees it up really well because I think we need to hear from pastors and hear not only in the pandemic but also starting a church a, a, a huge a mega church what is that like like let's hear from those guys because I think we can get a little confused as to how hard that job really is we just see you get Sunday and go out and do your sermon and everything looks good but a lot of pastors on Monday that's a bad day for them because there's a lot of attack there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a there's a crash I think and you know you're a pastor so um, and I, man, I, we got to do this. We have to, let's do a round two soon because I think I, I love having you on. I love uh, your spirit. Um, you're a good balance. You're, you're an anchor for my sale on here. Uh, Cause you have a way of really, really bringing, bringing that, that back in for me personally. So let's do this again. And I mean that genuinely. And I say that to everybody and I mean it genuinely to all of them, but um, yeah. I really mean it. Uh, let's do this again for sure. So two things before we get out of here. One is it, and this is a shotgun question, is it fair to say that your Harley is a mental wellness tool for you? Yes, absolutely. And yep. and you quite often just take a ride. No doubt. I'll do it tonight. Yep. yep. And that's awesome. Um, that's awesome. So, and we'll have to do a whole thing on the Harley. I'm not a motor, I, I don't have one, but I'd love to hear your Harley thoughts. So between yeah, now and the next one, just start cataloging your Harley thoughts. Um, and then uh, I forgot. Oh, the second one. So any uh, alumni that might see this, what's your, what, what's, what, what, how can they connect? Yeah. One, um, first, if you're an alum of MBNU and you get on campus, please look us up. Second, if there's any way we can add value to you, um, shoot us an email, shoot an email to, to our office, um, be connected to social media stay connected with us. Um, I think the best is yet to come. And so we'd love for you to be a part of it. What's the, uh, what's the email? Yeah. So you can send it to brad.coaches at mvnu.edu and that'll come straight to me. And spell coaches? K-O-C-H-I-S. Yeah. It's not Smith. Okay, driving. Okay. Somebody's driving. I want to make sure they get it right. So uh, to my MVNU alum, you know, look Brad up. Uh, if, even if you don't do anything with the university, it'll be the best time you spend man brother thank you for the i don't know half hour whatever it's been that we had uh thank you for being my anchor uh when you were here you we didn't attend your church but we attended a church and again i don't know how many times over coffee and 
Diet Coke. <laughs> you you were my you were uh, you were a piece for me, and um, appreciate you, and uh, I love you, and, and love your family, and I hope you guys are well. And thank you for coming on, brother. Yeah, Aaron, thank you. Uh, give our love to Heather and the kids, and hopefully, when COVID lifts, I'll be able to catch up with Austin in the cafeteria. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon, brother. Thank you. Take care, brother. Bye.